What's up, G-Captain listeners? This is John Conrad with another edition of The Real G-Captain Podcast. In today's edition, we are going to be talking about shipping containers. 20-foot, 40-foot containers that are the basic unit of cargo for a container ship. In April 1956, a refitted oil tanker carried 58 shipping containers from Newark to Houston. From that modest beginning in the invention by Malcolm McLean, shipping containers have revolutionized shipping and logistics and manufacturing on a global scale, globalization, the entire worldwide economy has changed and improved because of shipping containers. And anyone who's interested in the, in the history and the importance and everything to do with shipping containers, container ships, I, I highly suggest the amazing book called The Box. That's it. Simple title, The Box by Mark, M-A-R-C, Levinson. You can get it on Amazon today, and it's an excellent book that goes into all the advantages of the shipping container. But this podcast isn't about the advantages. We all know the advantages, the revolution of the shipping container, why it's so important, why it has been so successful. In this podcast, I want to talk about the disadvantages of the shipping container to global trade because the inventor, Malcolm McLean, an American truck driver who first invented the concept, he was frustrated when he was approaching a port. The amount of time it took them to unload his truck, the stevedores, everything taken out in pallets and loaded on the ship he was while he was sitting there waiting for his truck to be discharged, he said, it would be great. Wouldn't it be great if they just took the whole box off the back of the truck and put it on the ship? That was the invention of the idea. And his whole idea was that he could pick up a whole truckload of cargo at a warehouse, drive it to the ship, the box, so it would be taken off the back of his truck, put on the ship, brought to another port, where it would be put on another truck and brought to the warehouse. That was his dream, door-to-door shipments. But his dream has mostly failed for a number of reasons. Freight forwarders have kind of wrestled control of the dispatch and the transfer of shipping containers from the shipping lines. It was originally when he invented this idea and formed Sealand Container Shipping Shipping Company. When he originally formulated this idea, Sealand would ship door to door. But today, that's just not the case. The freight forwarders are the ones who arrange the shipping from door to door. And the carriers, the shipping companies like Maersk, only really handle the cargo peer-to-peer today in 2018. They don't do door-to-door. And there are many reasons for for this, but I want to look at the deficits of the shipping container, why the container itself is preventing these door-to-door shipments that Malcolm McLean dreamed of. So I'm going to go over the disadvantages of shipping containers 
and not not just the transport and logistics, but all the all the major disadvantages of shipping containers. Number one is when a shipping container is lost, it becomes a hazard to navigation. Shipping containers, uh, container ship hits bad seas, and shipping containers are lost. They're occasionally lost. And sometimes these containers have hazardous cargo in them, but these containers currently, no one has an idea how many. There are dozens and dozens of these containers, half floating, half submerged in the world's oceans. Occasionally boats and ships hit into them. This isn't a major problem, but it is a problem. So lost containers create a hazard to navigation is one of the reasons. The next big problem with shipping containers is they are not designed very well to take care of the type of cargo which manufacturers like to send and customers like to receive, and that is palletized cargo. Pallets are how cargo moves on land. If you look at the highway, drive down any highway in America now, and you will notice, unless you're really close to a port, that most of the trucks do not have containers in the back. Most of the trucks are just regular trucks. And if you were to open the back of one of these trucks, what you would see inside is a series of pallets with equipment on top or boxes on top. And everything from a manufacturer of big car engines will put the whole engine on a pallet and tie it down and to small packages amazon you look at the videos of the amazon distribution warehouses and tons of box and packages all built up on a pallet and wrapped and converse this with opening the back of a shipping container if you open the back of the shipping container all you're going to see is boxes Everything's going to be very neatly packed and squeezed in as much as possible to maximize the amount of cargo per space. But when it comes, and some countries are better than this, some European countries, they, they move uh, shipping containers closer to the end destination. But in the United States, it really, most of the containers get offloaded in a port, put on trucks, and then taken to a warehouse somewhere where the container is emptied, put on pallets, and then put in a traditional truck because that's how the warehouses like to receive them. Now, why do the warehouses like to receive them? Why do the customers like to receive pallets? Because pallets are easier to move and they require less specialized equipment. Think of it, think of the expense of a container, a gantry crane at a port, and the equipment needed to move and stack containers in a port. This is very expensive equipment that has to be able to handle very high loads. So the next big problem with shipping containers is their size and weight. Shipping containers are large. Even the 20, the smaller 20-foot containers are really, really big and heavy, and they're made out of steel. So even an empty container is too much to move around your warehouse or parking lot. 
you even need specialized equipment to handle an empty container. You're not just moving these about. Now, think of, conversely, the small aluminum containers that are used in airports. Those are highly maneuverable and can be picked up by forklifts and moved on little trailers. And the little uh, tractors can move them around the airport and they can be lifted up into planes easily. A lot of warehouses now will pack air cargo containers inside the warehouse and then put the containers in the back of a truck and move them uh, to the airport. But they can't do that with shipping containers. Shipping containers are just too big, too heavy, and they, warehouses, why should they invest in the specialized equipment needed to move these shipping containers? The special handling equipment is expensive. And the empty containers take up a considerable amount of space. Think of it, you, if, you, if you're Amazon and you get truckloads of inbound cargo, where are you going to put the empty containers that have to go back to China? You have to turn them around very quickly and get them back to the port immediately, or else you have to buy huge parking lots to store these containers until you can get them back to the port and back to China. And this comes with another major problem with the shipping containers is they have to be backlot, backhauled. Countries like the United States import a lot more than they export. So now you have these huge containers going back. They have to be maneuvered again by these spe this special equipment. Why do I keep bringing up this special equipment? Because every time a piece of specialized container handling equipment touches cargo, the rates increase astronomically because it's often in a port that those lifts have special tariffs and special fees, handling fees. They have to be handled by people with specialized training. Often those people are members of strong unions. And this equipment itself has to be paid for. So the equipment handling fees are very expensive. And every time a container is moved from one warehouse to a next to another, it has to be touched by this special equipment. And that is very expensive. Like I said, the warehouses don't want to invest in that special equipment. And it has to be stacked. If you don't have the big, huge parking lots, you can't invest in the land to store these containers while they're waiting to be unloaded and waiting to be backhauled. Then they have to be stacked, which means you need more equipment. But even more than that, then you're starting to play the Tetris puzzle of where do we stack this cargo? You know, do we put this bottom box and then we got to bring this bottom box out next or, you know, arranging it so that you can unload it uh, smartly. So the stacking of containers creates another problem. These empty containers and the containers waiting to be offloaded take up immense space, and the stacking creates problems in unloading it and moving it around the warehouse area. Another big problem with containers is the loss of containers. If a truck takes a container from a port and then gets lost along the way, whether it, that's a malicious loss 
or an accidental loss gets put on the wrong train, the wrong truck, sent to the wrong part of the country. It often takes the shipping lines weeks in order to figure out where the hell that container went. They're not easily tracked. Now, people have come up with solutions, big QR codes on the side of containers and cameras on highways that are going to scan these and track these and GPS units inside the containers. But for whatever reason, and there are multiple reasons, technological hurdles and physical hurdles and other problems, this problem has not really been solved very well. So containers can get lost, and loss is expensive repositioning. Again, every time a big container is touched, repositioning that container to the customer or back to the ship is the responsibility of the freight forwarder and the shipping lines, and that can be very, very expensive. So lost containers is another problem why the people want to leave the containers at the ship. They don't want to do the short sea shipping. They don't want to move the containers, like Malcolm McLean said, door to door. Another big problem with containers is they're large. And now we're going to an economy of just-in-time shipping. That is so critical now. I just got a new iPhone, and it was shipped by air from China directly. To me, UPS handled it, and the airports in China are growing increasingly uh, big and important. Now, most of the goods, say on the G Captain store, I've been looking into this, most of the goods are manufactured in the United States. Most of our goods at shop.gcaptain.com, our T-shirts and such, are printed in the United States. But some of our items, like this tool pen I'm carrying right now, I have not been able to find a U.S. manufacturer, so we get them from China. Now, these tool pens, if I order a 1,000 of them, I get a big discount. But I can't fill up a whole container. In order to fill up a whole container, I would have to order close to a million pens. I can't sell that as a small shop. So I have to air freight these pens from China to the United States, and air freight is expensive. Worse than that, it is so detrimental to the environment. It emits a hundred times as much pollution as it would to ship these pens on a ship. Now, the Chinese manufacturers offer what's called LCL, less than container load. So I can share a shipping container with a bunch of other small uh, companies like G-Captain, but the taxes and import fees and port fees end up costing more than it would cost me just to ship it by air, and it takes weeks and weeks longer. I have to pay for these pens as soon as I place the order. If I have many weeks or months without the inventory, then that's lost capital. I can't buy new inventory and invest in new products and ideas. Now, this is a minor problem, but GCAM's a small shop. But this is the future of commerce. Amazon is the largest main, uh, retail site in the world that's really taking over the world. And Amazon, we're starting to look at selling these pens and our tally books and some of our stuff on Amazon. Amazon doesn't want a whole container 
load. I can't send them a whole container load worth of supplies when I list them on Amazon. And a lot of the stuff on Amazon today is third-party sellers. Uh, even the stuff that's shipped prime now is increasingly third-party sellers. But Amazon doesn't want to store all your stuff. It charges fees if you send a whole container load worth of stuff. So it wants the smaller shipments. And, you know, when you run, start running out of inventory, say I send them just 100 pens, when it gets down to 20, they'll say, send another 100, John. So that means I can't send a whole container, even if I was selling a million pens, Amazon wouldn't accept that whole container load. And I can't share the container load because the port fees and everything else are so expensive. So it's just too big for what today's economy is, and that is just-in-time shipping. And not just me, but the big, bigger suppliers. You know, say a uh, tractor manufacturer, like Kabuto Tractors, say they want uh, to to, to um, inventory, have in their warehouses in the United States spare carburetors. Well, it used to be they get a whole container worth of carburetors and store them in their warehouse. But just-in-time shipping says, no, it's expensive having inventory on the books. Get a quarter of it a quarter of a container's worth or a tenth of a container's worth and ship that every week. Have this trickling supply that comes in. That way you don't have this huge inventory and huge warehouse expenses on the books. So it's not just me that's having this problem with the container is just too damn big. Other suppliers, even larger ones, are having problems with this. So, again, the container, even the 20-foot, is, is too big. It's too big for today's economy. And it really squeezes the small, medium, and small businesses out of shipping by sea, forcing us to go by air. Next big problem with containers is, man, they can't be inspected. That's one of the reasons these port fees are so large for these small shipments, if I'm just sending a, a hundred pens, is how does customs check this? It's got to take everything out of the container. Man, that is such a difficult job for a customs agent to inspect. They pose an immense security risk. And everyone knows now the very small percentage of containers that are inspected. After 9-11, there were huge committees and programs and the FBI and CIA and the world's community really looked on how do we prevent a dirty bomb from being shipped in a shipping container and blowing up in a major city. And they haven't solved that problem. They've sent inspectors to the loading ports and, and we're a lot safer now than we were prior to 9-11. But still, it is just not possible to inspect anywhere close to a majority of the shipping containers. They pose a major security risk. So those are some of the major reasons. And in going back to pallets, that's what the real size of these shipping containers they're not very good for this pallet 
baptized cargo that the manufacturers and the warehouse. If you want to do something successful, if you want to solve short sea shipping, if you want to come up with the new, next new idea to really boost the economy and get the damn cargo off the planes where it's polluting the environment and costing the economy billions of unnecessary dollars, if you want to do that, you really have to look at what the customer wants today. And shipping containers are not great for what the customer wants today. And what the customer wants is palletized cargo in smaller shipments. So the future of the shipping industry, I think containers are going to be around for a long time and they have their purpose and they have their needs and they're great for the big guys on the international trade. But there's some room coming up, I believe, for a smaller shipping company with new ideas and focusing on this palletized cargo. This is John Conrad with another edition of the Real GCAM podcast. See you soon.